to the Monkeys in Pants podcast. This is our first episode. We have uh, myself as host, Gary, and uh, co-host is... Uh, hello, I'm Connie. Um, I'm using a nickname because of the fact that I live in a Bible Belt. And I am part of a small town store where if my name does get out there, I may lose business. I do apologize for keeping it concealed, but I gotta have money, sadly. That's something that happens often. Um, I was yeah. actually I was just listening to another podcast, uh, Thinking Atheist, and um, Seth Andrews, who's the host of that, said that I think for the first two years of his podcast, he never even mentioned his name. Well, maybe after two years of doing this, we, um, I may may tell you who I am. <laughs> okay. Well, the first thing I wanted to do was explain the name a little bit. Monkeys in pants. Can I be the gorilla? Yes, yes, gorilla. I'll be the uh, capuchin. Oh, okay. Now we're talking. Do we have any art? Uh, what is it? Orangutans in the audience is the real question. Though. I don't know. I don't know. And and is Tom Selleck with them? Ooh, touche. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Now you said that the name is called Monkeys and Pants. Why do we, why do we, why are we Monkeys and Pants? Well, monkeys and pants is something that I've kind of used for a while to describe humans and in general, because we're not really that far removed from our primate ancestors, and so we're just kind of highly evolved monkeys wearing pants, floating on a chunk of rock, flying through space. So, yeah. And, in fact, I think monkeys get to do more than I do. So... <laughs> Speaking of doing more, it seems like that's all we do nowadays. If, I don't know if, you, if you've watched this or not, but if you go back 10 years, hell, not even 10 years, you can go back five, and what the fuck has happened to MTV? You know what? They should just call it TV. Seriously. <laughs> anyway. I, I, don't even, I don't think there's any music on it. And they have like four stations. Like <laughs> They do? Damn, I didn't know that. I, I, don't, I don't watch TV anymore. Yeah, I know there's at least two MTVs, but... Um, I, I've stopped watching TV. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I don't have cable myself, so... Thank God for the internet. Oh, yes. I love the internet. Speaking of internet, the internet has brought us several news stories. Well, before we get to the news, I kind of wanted oh. to give a little bit of background of each one of us. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. No, 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 no. That's fine. That's fine. Now, for a little bit of background on either one of us, or both of us, I guess... Of course, my name is Gary. Um, you can find me online. I was raised fairly fundamental Christian and um, was very involved with the church and whatnot. And and up until actually fairly recently, um, started backsliding. I guess, well, you would call it backsliding. They would call it backsliding. I would call it leaving. A couple years ago. And... Um, it took up until, I guess it was about two years ago, in April, um, I had a death in the family. Someone who was very, very devoutly religious, and he had been going through a lot of health problems and just all sorts of stuff. And, you know, it, was, it had been making me wonder, like, how could somebody that was so devoutly religious and followed everything to the T, pretty much, kind of just be shit upon like that. And then when he died, it just kind of like, there was like a switch flipped, and I was like, oh, well, that's why. Because <laughs> there's no plan, there's no, you know, fate, nothing like, you know, it's just us. So that that's kind of where I came out of it, and then I just kind of spent the last two years, you know, making friends in, in the secular field, you know, this secular friends and atheist friends and, and whatnot, and reading and and listening to podcasts and whatever, but yeah, that's pretty much my down and dirty, quick, quick background. Uh, there's more to it, obviously, but uh, we may get into that later. Okay. Well, um, 
Well, I, I met Gary uh, what a year ago. We went to college. Yeah, that was fun. And uh, so basically, I was raised as a Methodist. Which don't ask me. I don't. Maybe they just stick to a different method. I don't know. Didn't really. I, mean, I had a pretty rough life. Not not bad, but pretty rough life. And the entire time, I'm thinking to myself, if there is a God, why the hell is he not intervening on just on my behalf, but the world itself? Um, so I started thinking at probably about seven or eight, maybe nine, thinking to myself, there's probably no God. Um, came to the conclusion when I was uh, about 19 that there really wasn't when I became homeless and was living in a tent. So here I am, my own apartment, doing pretty damn well for myself. And since I love God, quote, quote, and unquote, um, <clears throat> life's been pretty damn good. <laughs> All that smiting. <laughs> smite me with a flying ice cream truck and still live. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it looks like you came out a little bit, a little bit sooner than I did, but yeah, even at a young age, I always thought to myself, if you loved us, why would you even create this thing called hell to punish us? Why would you even give us make sins and shit? I mean, it doesn't make any sense to me. The fact that you would just just to punish us in that kind of format to where that you think that we should or should not. I mean, you create us in your image, and if you're perfect, why the hell aren't we perfect, quote-unquote? You know, it's, uh, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I was, I was fairly, fairly, uh, indoctrinated into, into it, and, and I was the king of cognitive dissonance for a while, so, <laughs> uh, but now that I'm out of that, and I'm, I'm actually looking at things the way they're so, should be looked at. I, I'm, I'm much happier. Well, well, me and my friend Evan salute you because I'm too cheap to buy Jack. <laughs> well, I have a can of Bud Light, so there you go. <laughs> Here's to you, partner. <laughs> uh, we are on to news. Um, again, you know, this is this is our first podcast, so everything's kind of probably sound awful. <laughs> um, I don't know about you, but I think I smell sexy. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> we have a news story. There's a conservative talk show host by the name of Steve Deese. Dace? D-E-A-C-E. I'm not really too sure I pronounce it. I really don't care. Yeah, I think it's going to go with Deese, because if you put a P in front of it, it'd be Peace. Okay, well, that that makes sense. He was talking with Michael Peruka of the Institute of uh, the Constitution. And have you ever noticed that some of these um, really, really horribly bigoted groups are always like the Institute for Family Values or Institute for the Const- on the Constitution? or insti- Like, they pick a name that makes themselves sound smart. So they don't actually they, – they, they have that going for them before they even open their mouths. I wonder if I can go for Institute of uh, Einstein. Hey, you know, and then we could, we could really sound dumb then. Oh, man, right on. <laughs> oh, so he came out um, against he, – he, he was talking about what he thought about the Employment Non-Discrimination Act, which sounds like a good thing. You know, your employers can't discriminate against you know, against race and religion and gender and sexual orientation and any of that stuff, because that really doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, the, I'm... The, the people that I work with, I really don't care. As long as they do their job. What really blows my mind is we're all fucking human. Yeah. We all, well, I think we're all the same species. Some of them do have me a little worried. I ain't going to lie. Some, of them, some, some people around here do have me a little worried. But we're all the same species. So why can we not just not kumbaya, for God's sakes? <laughs> but, but, I mean, just, just be ourselves. Just do right. Don't do wrong. Don't do nothing stupid. I mean, do I got to get ghetto? Seriously? I follow, I, I follow the, the simple guideline of don't be a dick. And and everything else just kind of falls in place after that. Well, the, the really sad part is if you're going to be a dick, there's always that asshole, and you know they don't go together. I'm kidding. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> well, he calls the uh, ENDA, the Employee, Employment Non-Discrimination Act, uh, federalizing perversion and unconstitutional, just like civil rights laws. He says civil rights laws are unconstitutional, and so is the, the Non-Discrimination Act. And it's all a way for them, and I've heard them say it before, I don't too many, so many people have said this that I don't really have one person that I can attribute it to, but they think, and this is like the the conservative Christians and and well, especially them, but a lot a lot on the right, they think that they have the right to discriminate. But if they were discriminated against, they would cry foul. Wait, 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 wait! Christians, you, you, some of the Christians think that they have the right to discriminate. Oh yeah. Okay, so. I could be wrong because I haven't actually read it through all the way through. I kind of got stuck because it got boring. But I did read some <laughs> of the Bible. I'm not going to lie. I really, I really did. But didn't it? Isn't there somewhere in the Bible that says "Love thy neighbor"? Yeah, yeah, but that's the uh, that's so. I mean, that's borrowed from other places too. So <laughs> that's what I'm saying, though. But, but I mean, if you're going to be a Christian, you believe in God and Jesus, all this other bullshit, heaven and hell. If you hate against somebody, isn't that going to send your ass to hell? Yeah, well, yes and no, because it, it also instructs you to. Um, but wait, wait, wait! Jesus, no, died you, you have you have to you have to love the right people and hate the right people, and that's oh. and that's where the the you know there's like a tricky situation there, um, because you're also instructed to uh, kill apostates and the gays, and not touch a woman who's on her period. Actually, you have to. She's not allowed to leave the house. <laughs> um, and if you touch a woman who's on her period, then you get in trouble. So, <laughs> so I mean, there, there's a lot of discrimination that is going on there. Well, call me clueless because I did not know about all that. Oh yeah, yeah. There's there, there's a ton of it. Um, but I mean, this guy Peruka, I believe that's how you pronounce it. I mean, he even said, and 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 I quote. I would include the so-called civil rights laws are not laws. They never should have been passed. They're not law now. They weren't law then. They aren't law because there's no such thing as a civil right. So, I mean, that right there, he wants to pull pretty much all rights from people, and it's a free-for-all. And how, 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 you know, how does he expect? Wait, wait, wait. when you say free-for-all, are we talking about dualism? Or is he talking about, or is he saying, you know, was it Jesus or Christian or whatever? Well, it's you know it would it would all fall back on the Christian privilege. You know it would if if he heard someone of any other major world religion say the same things, he would not not agree. And that's you know that's that's where it all kind of comes down to. You know if 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 I as an atheist said mm-hmm. to him the same thing, well, I, that, I love that, I, that, I, that I should be allowed to discriminate against Christians. Yeah, well, you'd have that right. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, and there are some things. I, you know, I've heard some things about like not allowing businesses to turn down clientele because of those kinds of things, and that that's not something that I agree with. If they, you know, if they want to turn down clientele because of their sexual orientation or the religious status, then you know what, go ahead. But don't be surprised when I spread the word to my friends and you lose business because none of them are going to go and and buy from you either. On this mat, on that note, right there, I am pansexual, and I'm sorry. I'm still going to get a Chick Fil A sandwich. <laughs> okay. Uh, Chick Fil A never did sound. I've only had it a couple times, and Dude, it, I was, it was an a chicken hour sandwich. and a half away from a Chick Fil A. An hour and a half. I haven't had a Chick Fil A sandwich in almost three years. Now, if you said In and Out, which kind of does the same thing. I would kill for an In-N-Out burger right now. <laughs> so, eh, six one half to the other, I guess. Yeah. I love what he says uh, for uh, later on. He says that the gay rights movement is full-blown agenda, and it will lead to forced homosexuality. Man, that sounds some kinky. Well, and honestly, who would have that idea and actually well, think that yeah. that idea is sound? If every if if they tried to flip it around and force everyone to be homosexual, logically, no. <laughs> but see, what I don't get though, I mean, I really and I've never heard one say that. 
never heard one say you should be gay too. Yeah, exactly. Oh, hell no. Whatever floats your boat, I'm not going to sink it. Just don't try to push it on me is what I said. Well, right. But what I what these people are saying, and I can't just put my mind around it, is if you go back in history to Alexander the Great, um, the Spartans, the Romans, the Greece, if you look at their culture, it was man and man. They only used a woman to reproduce. Mm-hmm. And in the military might form and everything, it was it was used to to um to strengthen the military because they thought, hey, they're gonna fight more for a lover than they are their best friend. So and during this time frame is when you know Christianity became popular. So don't you think Jesus was gay? Oh well. Sorry. You know, I mean I, he was in this era. I, I don't really think it matters one way or the other. So, but that's what I'm trying to figure out, though. I mean, if you're going to try to fight one thing versus the other, I want to see both sides of the story. Not just, you know, I mean, not because I say so or he says so. No, tell me what he says. I'll listen to you. Tell me what you say, and I'll listen to you. Jesus isn't around, so don't bring that stuff up here because you say it's a full-blown agenda and we were we will be forced to be all gay. You know, I mean, this, this guy is mental. Right. Well, and the, and the thing is, he's these types of people are speaking to a specific audience, and the specific audience they're speaking to are the people that can don't listen to anybody else. It, it's 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 the you know Rush Limbaugh, Sean Hannity, Fox News crowd where they they don't look elsewhere. They don't they don't oh. bother to. Say okay, well, this Peruka guy says there's an agenda, and that all the gay people want us to be, you know, want to force us to be gay too. How does that make any sense? They don't. They don't ask that last question. They don't say, "Does that make sense?" No, that doesn't make sense because then you kill off the human population until we decide to start breeding again. Like, <laughs> you know, like you know. I- I wonder if we could come up with some kind of slogan or some kind of Satanist thing to where. We say that Satan is in the air. You're not allowed to breathe oxygen anymore. I wonder what would happen then. Did you see the um, the uh, the? I don't know when. When was that? It was a like a month ago, I think. There was a a, a voting ad that was put out. I think it was in California, but essentially what it said was, "Voting makes you gay." And and it was it was a bunch of uh, you know gay actors and and you know LBGT po- you know positive actors that came out there and they were like I voted now I'm gay and so they were like voting makes you gay and they and, and the the whole thing was like kind of kind of a, a playback on these on these far right wing ads about you know it's gay marriage, you know, you know, and especially like their slippery slope arguments. Well, if we allow gay marriage, then, you know, next thing you'll know, you want to marry a dog. And then, you know, you know, multiple wives will be legal people. then, and then marrying your dog will be legal then, and then marrying your, you know, they, they, they put everything on this slippery slope where once we allow this thing, pedophilia will be allowed. No. Like, but that- but that's the sad thing, though. I mean, in what is it, 23 states in America, you're allowed to have sex with a horse? But a man who loves another man or a woman who loves another woman can't even get married? Yeah, it's it's it's, it's ridiculous. But, yeah, I mean, he, he goes on to say that, that there is no neutral ground. It's a lie Just that's just been sold to you to go along to, to get this particular accommodation or that particular combination, and then though they're not going to have any place else to go except for force you to do it too, and that's and that's where that that's where the biggest step is into from from the real world into this imaginary upside down everything is exploding world that they go into, where <laughs> where okay yes they say there is a common ground you know we all want to be equal. So let us do the same things you're doing. But what what he's saying is once we say, okay, you can do those things, they're going to be like, okay, now everyone has to do it too. Where where does that go from the one to the other? How does that logically progress from, hey, we want to be equal to now everyone needs to be like us? So equal equality, how is someone supposed to be equal when not everyone is born that way? 
is what I'm trying to figure out. Well, like to me, everyone is. But that is true. But to a point, no. Not everyone has the same strengths versus the same smarts. So when we when we were trying to trying to get something approached such as homosexuality, they were born that way. That is something that they have, and the fact that we're taking it away from them versus, you know, I mean, that could be their strength. It could be their weakness. I don't know, but it, it's something that they were born with. Therefore, by taking it away, we're taking away their, their, their themselves as a human being. Yeah. This is this and, isn't a, this isn't like a, I'm going to be a Republican now. Or, you know, this isn't, this isn't a decision that's been made. I mean, I, and and that's, that's the thing. Like, I hear them say, they decide to be this way. They decide to be this way. I, I, I know some, you know, I, I, I have acquaintances that are gay. I've had friends that were gay. And they've said this to me. Why would I choose to be this way? And go through the things that I have to go through. There's the. It doesn't make any sense to choose yeah. to be an outcast. It's just, it's just who you are. Yeah. But yeah, so that was that was just pure crazy talk right there, and it kind of goes right along with with the other one. And, and by the way, folks, we got this the last story and this story both from a website called Right Wing Watch. Just in case you wanted to know, I wasn't really gonna. Touch on much like politics in this podcast, but right right wing watch does most of their stuff is actually just like crazy stuff. It's not like like necessarily politics one way or the other. Um, But just to let everyone know, I am a progressive left wing liberal. (laughs) Uh, Probably, I I know, I know, uh, Connie is fairly progressive as well but i'm probably a little bit more to the to the left than he is but uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah i just vote for whatever i think is the lesser of two evils um sometimes i've actually just written my own damn 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 name on the ballot um, i've actually done that several times <laughs> you know that that was that was pretty good i i was i was gonna vote green this last time but then uh, where i'm at i'm in a swing state mm-hmm. And it was, if I voted green, I was throwing my vote away, and it's usually fairly close. So I went with, with the lesser of two evils on that one. Wait, you, now tell me how this is um, democratic, because we just had our election uh, maybe two weeks ago, and we actually had two, two, two votes, two, uh, two, um, two candidates who got a tied vote. It was 686 votes apiece. Well, that's, that's tough to do. Well, exactly. It was a local election. But see, here's the really weird part. For the tiebreaker, they pulled the winner's name out of a hat. What? <laughs> I'm pretty sure that is um, not not democratic at all. I'm pretty sure they should have had a revote like, or something. Cause... I mean, it, no. <laughs> it, it was pulled out of a hat. Oh. And I'm thinking to myself, damn, maybe I could put more names in that hat and I'll win. Well, I have been informed that we do not live in a democracy and we live in a democratic republic. But still, the local elections should be more democratic than, than national. So <laughs> pull a name out of a hat. That's that's a new one for me. When people ask where I'm from, I say I'm 180 years from my state's capital. <laughs> the second news story we were going to have tonight was um, – Again, from Right Wing Watch, it is uh, Frank Gaffney, the Center for Security Policy. Again, one of them smart-sounding centers. Um, And he stated that gays and women in the military are inviting war. So... Um, yeah, the uh, gay and female service members have jeopardized the country's security and the strength of the military because they're no. gay and or and or don't have penises. Now, see, I have a, a lesbian friend who's in the mil- Marines right now. She's stationed in uh, South Carolina, I believe, and I, I bet you she, she she'll take her strap on and shove it up his ass. <laughs> oh, that would be something to to see. Um. Yeah, and this this all falls back on the well. Part of it falls back on the um, 
the matcha, and you know, we we kind of discussed this earlier. I think um, men need to act like men because men are manly. Men do macho crap, uh, <laughs> and it's it's a it's a load of crap. It really is, and you know, I it just doesn't make sense to me. Very little nowadays do. It's just. Quoting him, by the way, God help us if we have to go to war again, especially if we are we invite war by this kind of behavior and weaknesses we have in the past. And of course, you know, he's talking about having the women and the gays in the military. But going back to what I said earlier in our um, podcast, go back, you know, a couple of centuries ago, Alexander the Great, the Romans, the Spartans, the Greeks, you know, when they had this awesome military might. The idea behind it was lovers will fight a hell of a lot harder for their for, for the person that's behind them if they love them more than their best friend. So the fact that he's even trying to be boldly about this, I want to see him say that to Spartans. Yeah. You know, I mean. Oh, well, and boy. he goes on to say too that if you put homosexuals and women into into the military and into combat, you change the ethos of the institution. I'm not really too sure what ethos he's speaking of, but then he goes on to say that you put every Christian in uniform on notice for the practice of their faith as possibly a career-threatening activity. And, you know, unless, unless it's open bigotry, which, yeah, that could be a career-threatening activity, not because you're a Christian, but because you're a dick. <laughs> well, that going back to what you just said, what he what he said, um, that, that it's a separation of church and state. When the government is running the military, there is no that's not negotiable. I'm sorry, you can have whatever kind of religion you want in your private time, but when you are a military officer or an, uh, enlisted, you are government property. Yeah, but there is separation of church and state. One, and, and I'm. Obviously, I've, I've never been in the military. I'll put that right up there. You know, I have great respect for people that do. Um, I do know that military does happen to change people, and they don't necessarily—they necessarily aren't the same people after they're in that they were before. Which that has caused some friendships of mine to kind of be weird. Amen on that. There is a lot of of religious institution in the military that I don't think should be there. Should never have been there, but it is. Um, being an open atheist or being, you know, open gay will land you in hot water from the religious institutions that are in there. And, and the military higher-ups will, you know, a lot of times look the other way. Now, now, to a point, that is true. However, during boot camp, you actually do have to go to a church or some kind of function. If you are an atheist, you just go to a bunch of – a group or a bunch of atheism – Basically, is but there are no atheists uh, in Foxholes. We all know that. Exactly. Right. exactly. I, I have not been in the military, no, but I was going to sign up. As a matter of fact, I had received a full full scholarship, full ride to uh, West Point and or and or VMI, whichever one I choose to go to. However, I broke my tibula and my fibula, and now have a metal rod and three screws in my right leg, so I was not able to continue with my military career. Well, if I remember correctly, you were ROTC, weren't you? Yes, sir, cadet captain. Yes, sir. So you you, you have a taste of it without actually being in there. Oh, most definitely, man. Um, actually, I can tell you a good story as pertaining to this. Um, I had a chaplain as as um my AI, which is Army instructor for the ROTC program, and one of my cadets asked him, "Did he did he ever serve in combat?" And he said, "Yes. He's a fucking chaplain." All he does is pray. I'm sorry. And I called him out on it. Oh, man, it was priceless. You should have seen his face. I, I really wish you could have seen his face. I mean, his eyeballs popped out. His, his, his um, glasses fell off his face. His eyeballs popped open. His mouth dropped. And he, it was like, how dare you? And he was a colonel, by the way. And I'm only a cadet captain. And I called him out in front of him. And he says – and he took me out to the back and he asked me why did I do that. And I told him, if you're going to lie to these kids, you can go ahead and take my rank and my uniform off right now. I don't care what you're trying to do. When you teach my cadets, you're going to teach my cadets right. And um, basically he kicked me out of the program my last semester. 
because of this incident. Well, and <clears throat> he apparently was going to continue lying. <laughs> oh, well, oh, oh, man, I could tell you stories all day and night about this asshole. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, I, I just, we need a military, obviously, but that military needs to follow the same same rules as the rest of the government. Yeah, well, the world, period. I mean... All right. The last two uh, news articles we're going to do are a little bit more upbeat. Wait, wait, wait. wait. We've got one more. I'll start it off. Uh, Nearly 400 children rescued and 348 adults arrested in Canadian child pornography bust. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I am not lying. 400 children rescued, 348 adults arrested in a pornography bust. Well, and it's not just that because I think there was a breakdown and I actually went on to the to the to the, the next article and so I'm trying to pull that one back up. Um, there was a breakdown of there was teachers and priests and over 40 school teachers Nine doctors and nurses, six law enforcement, nine pastors and priests, three foster and foster parents. Now, that's not all the people, but that's a good amount of numbers right there. Yeah. In the areas where they arrested, uh, 50 people were arrested in, um, in Canada. Uh, no, no, 108 people arrested in Canada. 76 were arrested in the U.S. and 164 were arrested internationally. 45 terabytes of data. 45. That's... Lord, that's a that's lot of a porn. ridiculous amount of data. And it, it, a, and it, it wasn't... It was a business. It was... They yeah, were it was doing a $4, $4 million. million dollars. Yeah. Oh, my God. Seriously. It, it, it's just sickening that, that that many people would... Buy child pornography. The site was run by a 42-year-old Brian Way, and he's doing it with kids. That's – that's. I'm looking to see. Did they um say what he did? Uh, yeah, he was charged with 24 accounts. He was in possession, distribution, and importing and exporting. So this is a three-year project that they were doing to uncover – this this ring and finally and this was just two days ago that this was announced and we're currently recording here on the 16th so just November 14th they just announced 400 children rescued 348 adults arrested that's just ridiculous I mean that's almost that's almost one child per adult right there man that's I just can't imagine what they were doing to those poor kids. Oh, I, I'm actually I I I, I want to know the age range that these kids were in. I mean, I I I really hope that they were. I I know I'm being optimistic with it, but I hope they were at least 16 to 17. I know I'm being realistic, optimistic about that. I know I am, but it's just amazing how many people worldwide. I mean, he's a four million dollar business. Oh yeah, that's. I tell you, there's, and and a lot of the times, and I'll be completely honest with with you and everyone that that may wind up listening to this. All four of you. <laughs> um, Don't lie. It's only three. Ah, uh, yeah, three. Just me, me, and you, and. And my wife that's sitting in the room as well. <laughs> um, <clears throat> these are people you would never expect. I, I would seriously doubt, but just a handful of these people were, you know, convicted sex offenders or whatever. You know, the people that people look out for. The majority of these people... Are your you know it's just people people you run into every day that just happen to have this thing, and you know I said I will be honest I had the the, the uh, past tense there a friend that I was good friends with for quite a while lost touch with him then all of a sudden I saw his uh, face on the news one day and it was okay. for this 
and you know your your brain goes what? No way. Guess so. You know, like as a as a victim of uh, a child molestation, I, I I firmly believe uh, to shoot uh, put him down. So the, the, this subject right here, you know, hits me big time, and I'm so glad that these kids were saved. Oh, However, yeah. uh, the fact that you know my taxpaying dollars have to to, to 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 give them three hots and a cot that pisses me off even more. Um, the fact that I have to to provide for them now, you know, that 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 sickens me almost well not as almost as much, but you know, pretty damn high up there with the fact they even did this in the first place. Yeah. And, and some people just don't realize that, you know, after the people are convicted of shit like this, we have to deal with them now. We're putting up for them. And you know, you know what the thing that gets me, and I'm a parent. I have two kids under the age of five. God the, bless you. The thing, <laughs> thank you. Uh, <laughs> the thing that gets me the most is most of these people are probably parents. Yeah. But see, the, the, the thing is, and this is a statistics, and you know how you can flip them any kind of which way you want. Um, what is it, like 85% of molesters and child pornography people like that, they were molested as a child. It's an ongoing cycle. There's always that risk of someone who was molested because of the psychology behind it, it makes them think it's okay in the deep breaths of their brain. Yeah, yeah, even though uh, logically they probably yeah, logically should know. Thank God I'm too stupid to realize that. <laughs> I'd shoot my own damn self. Yeah, that's just that's just awful. So we're going to jump on to the next one, not so sad uh, story. Uh, about uh, there now you you can now use a 3D printer to make prosthetics. I love this one. This father is a genius. And I actually did a little bit more digging into it besides the, the initial uh, news story that I saw. The first news story that I saw was from Huffington Post about a dad who his child uh, was born without fingers on his left hand. So all he had was his palm, essentially. And um, he was looking for a prosthetic for him. And to go to a company that makes the prosthetics, it costs tens of thousands of dollars to do this. So yep. he went online looking, and don't you know it, he found the plans to make up a, a prosthetic limb using a 3D printer. The kid's school happened to have a 3D printer, which I'm not sure how many schools do have 3D printers on hand. I was lucky to have one in my school. Yeah, I went to a vocational school and we didn't have those. But that was, graduated in 97, so I'm old. <laughs> Um, but yeah, the, the, uh, but so, so he took, he took the plans to the kids, to, to his son's school and the, the, obviously they had him pay for materials. I think it wound up being like I think it was 10, 10 bucks. Yeah. in yeah. materials and printed out his kid, uh, a 3d hand. And actually it's called a robo hand. There's two guys that have done it and there's, there's a featurette video on, uh, the website for one of the 3D printers called MakerBot about the guys that actually made it. One of them's from South Africa, one of them's from the U.S. And <clears throat> the, the guy in South Africa wound up losing fingers in an accident, and he just wanted prosthetic fingers and couldn't get them. So he wound up teaming with this, this engineer in the U.S. to come up with a design. And then they got on the news about that, and then somebody came to them asking, okay, could you do more? So they've worked it up. They have prosthetic hand for people with a palm. They've got a prosthetic hand for people that don't have one. They've got prosthetic fingers. All the stuff that can be made on a 3D printer. And what's really cool about the being made on the 3D printer is it's also scalable. So you could print one out for a two-year-old, print one out for a five-year-old, print one out for a six-year-old, print one out for an adult. Print them out in different colors. You know, like, <laughs> you know, it's, 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 a, it's amazing. And these, these guys did not go into it trying to, trying to, uh, have a business, charge money. In fact, if you go on to MakerBot's site, they have a, a, a section called Thingiverse. 
It's actually, you just flip back over. It's thingiverse.com. Okay. And um, there are just plans to make all sorts of things, 3D printers, people have done up and just stuck on the site. And that's one of the things on the site is the RoboHand. You can go on there. You can get the plans for free. Oh, yeah, I'm looking at it right now. They're printing a human kidney. That's actually pretty cool. Yeah. The one thing I love about this the, the story is the fact that dad didn't stop there. He created a project with the school and the kids in that school to teach them how to print them, to how to design them, how to keep on going on with this project so the other people who do need them, they can help out for it. I'm, I'm, I'm loving this story. This guy, he's in, he's in Massachusetts, by the way, guys. And after everything that's happened in the last couple of days, I'm not up there. I believe that the guy um, – after actually a couple was it last year, this year, right? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Okay, and, and the guy is still able to continue on being happy and everything. I love this guy. I love this guy. Yeah, just just the whole thing. The more people you would get in on it too, the broader range of small little tweaks you're going to get on it, mm-hmm. and improvements. And then, you know, if you can mush everything back together at the end, you know, you're going to wind up with something really, really cool. Like, I've watched a couple videos on, on this particular prosthetic. And the way it's designed, there, there isn't another one that's designed like it. Yeah. And very easy to learn how to use. And a lot of the recipients are kids from, you know, like South Africa. A lot of kids from South Africa because the one guy's from South Africa. But, you know, there's a lot of kids from these these poorer nations, poorer areas that could not afford a $10,000 prosthetic hand. God. But, you know, they find someone with a 3D printer, and those are coming down in price. I mean, these MakerBots here are... Um, I think that, I think there's um one of, one of them, one of the cheapest ones out there is like 700 bucks. Yeah, yeah, like the MakerBots themselves are still probably around two grand, but still for a three D printer, that's just imagine some of the things that you could do. You can, you need a new transmission, a new transmission part, bam, good to go. You need a new brake pad or a new brake. There well, you go. Bam, they're go. actually starting to do them with using metal parts too. See, that's what I'm saying. I mean, if we could actually just print the stuff that we need, man. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually kind of scared what would happen to the economy, though. Well, I mean, it, the the cost of the of the like the filaments and and the materials would probably go up to make up for it, but cost uh, was it the supply and demand? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so that's just that's that's a really kind of heartwarming story. Like you know, beautiful. Yeah, he he needed a prosthetic, couldn't afford it. His dad went online and. And went digging and found something that would work, and now he has something that the you know that helps him be a normal kid, and that's that's amazing. And we're going to have these um, all these posts, everything that we've discussed in um, in the comments for our podcast. Yeah, yeah, they'll be in the in the show notes as soon as I can. Okay. Okay. Figure out how to show note. <laughs> hey. Uh, mm. And and we we've, we've got one more. One more news story. Um, Connie brought this to my attention actually today, and we ran with it because it's just it's oh man it's as I said I was going to go in the military and if I had gotten something blown off and I came back and I wasn't able to pay for it I'd been a little upset. However, I have plenty of friends right now in the military, and I'm worrying every day. You know, what they're doing, where they're at, are they going to be okay when they get back, et cetera, et cetera. And um, this actually came in through my Facebook news feed, and I clicked on it, and it was – I actually died laughing because of what she, this woman did. And this woman's name is uh, Tammy Duckworth. She is a uh, senator? No, she's a representative. Yeah, U.S. representative for Illinois. Illinois. Thank you. And she, she just blows this guy out of the water. Uh, the guy's name is uh, oh, dude. You want to help me out? How to pronounce this guy's name? Brulio, Brawlo, Brawlo, Castillo. Something goofy. Yeah. Um, 
He's the CEO of Strong Castle Incorporated, and he's claiming that he broke his foot playing sports at a military prep school in 1984. And, and he goes on and on. Before he started his uh, technical company, he received a 30% disability rating from the Department of Veteran Affairs, allowing him to become a self-deserved veteran, owning a small business, therefore making it eligible for so-called set-aside government contracts. So these are contracts that he wouldn't have even been able to bid for before, right? Right. Okay. And it basically puts him at the top to where he can get gain more money because he served our country. Well, and he's on a contract right now with the IRS. It's like $244 million contract or something like that. Yeah, he, he's up there. And just, just back to his supposed disability, he, he claimed that he suffered, but he didn't show up in, in his x-rays. Well, no, you you got you to gotta go back and say, okay, he claims that he got an injury in prep school. Okay, he was going to... A it was a military school, but it was <laughs> it was uh, after high school before college. Mm-hmm. He claims he got an an injury there, playing football. Playing football, then went to college and continued to play football. He was a quarterback, so he continued to play play football through college, and only recently, because he didn't. Uh, from what I read, he didn't actually file for the disability rating and everything until just before he started his company yep to get the contracts yep and and uh I know I looked this up a couple places um I know you sent me the the article you sent me was from Upworthy I also looked it up on Gawker and um there's also a CBS news piece that I that I watched his company is based in Chinatown in Washington D.C., which actually, for some reason, I'm not—they didn't really go into why. Chinatown in D.C. puts him in an even better position to get contracts. Uh, why is that? I'm not—I'm not 100 percent sure. They didn't say. They said at one point in time, Chinatown was was like really like impoverished, and and uh, I'm assuming it came from then, where like you know companies in this area would would possibly get preferential treatment because. Because the area was so bad off, even though the area now is not so bad, they're still getting getting a little bit of a of a perk by being there. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, so I mean, he set himself up in the best way possible. Which, and as a CEO of a company, you would want to do that. But I'll, I'll let I'll let you kind of go into into what happened because he's he's being investigated right now, right? Uh, as a matter of fact, I actually think he's not. He might be still. I haven't read on lately, but um, that was enough for um, Castro to earn the to earn uh, an audience with a, a war hero. She's a decorated war hero. Who lost both of her legs and the use of her right arm. Now, folks, I just want to inform you that she is still. She actually had her arm blown off with the two legs, and they had re- it, it was reattached. But she's still in fear of losing that arm while she was serving as a helicopter pilot in Iraq. She was really pushed over the edge when a letter was sent by him to the Virginia as a part of the VA as part of his efforts to secure government contracts. And this is a quote from Castro. Cast, Castillo? These these are crosses that I bear due to my services to our great country, and I would do it again to protect this great country. And this is what – there is a video. You can go on YouTube and look it up, and I'm sure it's on CBS and all this other stuff. You really need to watch this video. You need to watch it all the way through. But here's a, a part of what she says to him, and she really gets into this guy very classy and very professionally. She says – I'm so glad that you would be willing to play football in prep school again to protect this great country. Shame on you. Shame on you. You have not broken any laws, but you certainly broke the trust of this great nation. You broke the trust of the veterans. Iraq and Afghanistan veterans right now are waiting on average 237 days for an international disability rating. It's because of people like you who are gaming the system – 
adding to that backlog that young men and women who are suffering from post-traumatic stress or missing limbs cannot get compensation and the help they need. This woman should be applauded for what she has said here. She lit into a guy who is a CEO who's running a business that's fine. But when you cross the line of ethics, as, as this guy did, because he, he, you know, while he was playing football in his, his, his younger days and now he's got old and he can't play with his kids. Yes, folks, he, he did really say that he can't play with his kids because his foot hurts. You know, Gary's got problems. Um, you, you have, what was it again? Oh, you name it uh <laughs> um, i have uh no cartilage in my ankles or very little cartilage in my ankles um they, they my bones slide uh, against each other um i've got scoliosis arthritis in my hips my neck my shoulder um i i i'm in constant pain every day but i don't even think about disability because you know what that's just what i have to go through you know that's just like you know my my stepdad was disabled military. He's a cancer survivor, and he worked until he couldn't do it anymore. He didn't, you know. He this kind of thing. Oh, my ankle hurts. You know, it, he didn't even serve in the military. It blows my mind. You know, like my stepdad, he was a Vietnam vet. He would wake up with PTSD at nights, leaping out of bed, thinking he was in Vietnam, not know where he was at. Wonder who we were because he wouldn't know who we were. You know, this is a man that has gone through some shit. This mm. Castillo dude just needs kicked in the nuts. Like, <laughs> like it still has me after this so-called football injury. You know, I mean, yeah. it was pretty bad. Now this this wasn't a recent article. I think the Gawker article was from June. So you know, you may have to dig a little bit. Yeah, um, and I don't know what's what's happened to it since then. Um, I love none of these. None of these articles that I saw really had like a follow up on them. Yeah, but just just the fact that you know she she lit into him. Oh, and I, I do want to point out because and he 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 did receive a thirty percent disability rating because of his foot. Now she is missing both her legs and she's got her arm. That, that was blown off, and she's still in fear of losing it. It was reattached, but she's still in fear of losing that arm. She's only at a 20% disability rating. Well, I think what she said was she's 20% for that arm. Yeah, okay. Um, and, and, and knowing, you know, my, my stepfather's disabled and my, and my uh, father-in-law are both disabled veterans. And they, they'll rate various body parts. You have 20% for your arm, and, and then they'll add them all up. Um, yeah. Um, so full, with her uh, missing two... Pretty much missing two legs. I'm sure she's got more than twenty percent. But the oh, fact yeah. that she that a, a in in the entire video that that I watched, her entire speech, she didn't mention a single thing about missing legs. Yeah, she <laughs> Which didn't. She very she could have that she should have because that's part of her disability too. But what she said was she had her arm blown off, reattached. She doesn't have any feeling in several of her fingers and most of her arms she can't feel. And she only has a 20% disability rating for a reattached arm. Yep. Whereas he broke his ankle. I fractured my ankle at 19, and it still gives me problems. Hell, I, I, broke, I, I broke both the tibia and the fibula right in half. Yeah. But I also got a metal rod that scrapes against the cartilage of both my knee and my ankle. So, yeah, I got a little bit worse than that. But still... I'm not claiming disability. Yeah. Why the fuck should this asshole? Yeah, yeah. So the, these are the kinds of people, and I know, you know, if if anybody knows me on Facebook, and you know, they've probably seen me rail against people that generalize people on welfare, people on on you know taking advantage of the of the government, so, so to say. I was air quoting there, by the way. I don't know why, because no one can see me. This is radio. <laughs> but um. Right. But you know, I, I I do rail against those people because you know I'll I'll point out that you know I work, my wife works, and my kids still qualify for free lunches. Um, you know, so yeah, there's there's there are people that need help. There are people that deserve it. There there are the most of the people that are out there are not gaming the system, but mm -hmm. it's people like this 
that make people generalize. And that's what pisses me off. It's not, it's, it's not, you know, oh, you know, people need to stop using welfare. If they need it, and, and it's, it's there for them, obviously don't take advantage of it. But if they need it, that's why it's there. Yeah. But it's people like this that make people say the things that I, I, I rail against. Um, so those are our news stories for the day. Connie was going to tell some random jokes. I'm not sure none of them made it into the news stories, but. <laughs> oh, damn, that's right. Um, dude, you caught me out of bed. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. One thing I did want to, I did want to mention though, and I know it's probably all over the news and whatever, but is, is the Philippines, the uh, tsunami. This was the worst tsunami on record. I mean, I think the death tolls up to almost recorded almost five thousand, and they're looking. They're they're saying it's way above that. They're just still sifting through the first amounts of rubble. Right now, yeah. I'm looking at a picture of a ocean liner in a house. That's some stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, whatever anybody can do, I'm not pushing any particular uh, charity donation, whatever. Anything anybody can do. Five well, I mean, bucks, it's not, we shouldn't have to push a charity or anything. It's just as a human being, yeah. we should help each other out. Yeah, there's plenty of them. I have some friends that went to GoFundMe and they set up a thing uh, to go to the uh, Philippines Red Cross. And you can just go to, like, if you want to just donate to the Philippines Red Cross, it's www.redcross.org.ph. Um, that's straight to the Philippines Red Cross. You can find yep. ways to donate, you know. I've actually donated ten dollars myself, and then I went to the blood bank and gave some blood too. So yeah, so, it's not hard. So just anybody and everybody, if you can't, if if you honestly can't fall, you know, if you can't donate, at least put it out there and you'll remind other people. Because because yeah. that's the thing. Some of us may not be able to donate, but we can do other things. We can we can be a voice. We can say, you know what? Yeah, yes. I, I'm not going to be able to donate to this because I just don't have any money. Um, you, like you said, uh, donate blood. Um, I'm, I'm sure there's plenty of blood drives that are that are specifically for that at this particular point in time. Um, and I know if my backwater town has one, I'm pretty sure there's one near you. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so whatever, whatever you can do, you know, whether you're secular, whether you're religious, whether you're, you know. Unless you, you might be a, a an asshat, and at that point in time, you know, maybe you don't. But <laughs> uh, anybody other than asshats, um, we can, you know, we can we can we can pull together as a as a global community and help these people out. If Connie wants to tell a random joke now, <laughs> go ahead and tell a random joke. All right, all right, all right, I got one. Okay, it's a little pervy, but it should make you laugh. All right, you ready for it? Sure thing. Shoot. All right. All right. How are men and deer alike? Oh, I don't. This is if this is a hunting joke, I don't get it. But anyways, no, <laughs> no, it's not a hunting joke. Okay, all right. We both freeze when we see headlights. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. And and I guess if if we're gonna do random jokes, I guess I could go with one. I'm more. I like science jokes. So if we go into science jokes and we can say um, a photon checks into a hotel and the porter asks him if he has any luggage and the photon says, no, I'm traveling light. That, that's what I got. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I know. I know. It's, it's bad. Right. It's, it's horrible. I, I, got, I, I got one more for you. A guy, a guy goes into the bar with a gun. And he, he said, all right, who the hell's been sleeping with my wife? And in the background, in the far back of the bar, he, this guy says really loud, you ain't got enough bullets, partner. <laughs> oh, come on. Don't tell me. <laughs> uh, my other science one is a barman says, we don't serve fast and light particles here. And then attack you and enters the bar. Because oh, they travel backwards in time. I know. Science jokes. <laughs> Anyways, that was that was that was, that was we're, we're we're done boring people. Now that was our podcast. Monkeys in pants. I wear pants. 
I'm assuming Connie wears pants. During the weekdays. <laughs> Most of the time, maybe not at the current hour, but um, that's fine. And, and remember, folks, if you're not in bed by 10, you just might as well go home. <laughs> <laughs> and if you are home and you're not in bed by 10, that's fine. That's just lame. That's it. Um, again, uh, this is our first one, so sign-offs might be awkward today. <laughs> yeah, how do we do that? Uh, I don't know. I guess we'll just say goodbye. Well, until next time, it was good talking to you. And uh, I can't wait to see what we come up next. Yep, and we are Monkeys in Pants. See you later, dude. All right, bye. Bye. <laughs>